0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Let us kneel. O Angel of God, my blessed Protector, to whose care I have been committed by God from the moment of my birth, unite with me in thanking the Almighty for having given me a guardian, an instructor, an advocate, and a friend in Thee. Accept, O Holy Angel, my fervent thanksgiving for all Thou hast done for me to help me save my soul. I beg Thee to fortify my weakness, shield me from the innumerable dangers of the world, and help me acquire docility, obedience, gentleness, and purity of heart. Conduct me safely through this world of sin and misery, And watch over me at the awful hour of my death. O my good angel after death, return with me to him who sent thee, that we may both praise and adore God for a happy eternity. Amen. Today is the 17th Sunday after Pentecost. It is also the feast of the Holy Guardian Angels, October the 2nd. Listen to the following true stories. Story number one. My baby was in the hospital having a four-hour surgery. My estranged husband was not present. At this time, our marriage was crumbling. But even worse, I was afraid for my baby's life. When I arrived in the waiting room, an older lady was sitting there working on a quilt with words from the serenity prayer on it. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. The lady asked me if the little baby boy was mine. And when I responded with a yes, she took my hand and prayed with me for a few minutes. I asked her for whom she was making the quilt and she replied that God will show her who will need it. Hours later, I was called into the recovery room and my baby son was fine. When I came outside, the lady gave me the quilt and told me she now knew for whom she had been making it. I have kept the quilt in her honor, and my now five-year-old son is sleeping in his bed, covered by it. Story number two. I was headed home to my children, driving in the slow lane. The next thing I knew, I was flying in the air, in my Ford Windstar. I had no control. When my van landed, it looked like a crane put it there. It was in the ditch perfectly. I had just enough room to get out. I then saw this man who was so peaceful and calm. The sight of him put a calmness in my heart. I never saw him again. I still can't explain how perfectly my van was in the ditch. Story number three. When I was very young, maybe eight or nine, I went to bed one night with a severe earache. I woke my mother up several times for comfort, but nothing made it better. I laid in bed with tears in my eyes, and then suddenly the pain stopped. I opened my eyes and saw something like a cloud hovering over me. I was amazed, but more so relieved. I soon after fell asleep in peace. Story number four. My family and I were going through a terrible experience in 2006. To make a long story short... I had a chair next to my bed one night while I was sleeping. I woke up looking toward the chair and there was a little girl dressed in all white with a hat on. She had a beautiful glow but all of a sudden she walked away. I could not fall back asleep. I was terrified but to this day I know she was an angel watching over me. And story number five. I entered the hospital in 1994 with acute pain from a fibroid tumor the size of a grapefruit in my uterus. The surgery was successful, but more complicated than expected, and my troubles weren't over. I was in horrible pain. I had an allergic reaction to the morphine I was given and the doctors tried to counteract it with other medications. This made a bad experience even worse. After receiving more pain medication, I was able to sleep for a few hours. I awoke in the middle of the night. According to the wall clock, it was 2.45 a.m. I heard someone speaking and realized someone was at my bedside. It was a young woman with short brown hair and wearing a white hospital staff uniform. She was sitting and reading aloud from the Bible. I said to her, am I all right? Why are you here with me? The woman stopped reading but did not look up. She simply said, I was sent here to make sure you'd be all right. You're going to be fine. Now you should get some rest and go back to sleep. She began to read again and I drifted off back to sleep. Later in the morning, I told my doctor what had happened. He checked with the head nurse who replied that no staff had visited me at night. After asking all of the nurses, no one knew anything about my visitor. To this day, I believe I was visited by my guardian angel that night to help and comfort me. And now I'll tell you my own story that happened recently. Not quite I think as dramatic or as life-threatening as some of the ones that I've already shared with you. But earlier this spring, I lose my memory a lot these days so I'm hoping I'm not confusing it. But I think it was earlier this spring, I think it was around the, towards the end of February, the beginning of March. A few of my nieces were here and the eldest, some of you may remember her, her name is Jana Maria, her birthday is coming up, but I was really happy because what she did was that she gave me a donation, not necessarily a huge donation, and really what made me happy wasn't so much the amount of the donation, but the fact that she gave that donation. She gave a donation, if I remember correctly, was $16, but basically what it was was it was her tithe because she had done some work babysitting and so she wanted to, you know, obviously then set aside some of her earnings for God and for the church. And so she gave me the $16 and like I said, I was very pleased to see her, you know, doing that. And I kind of folded up the bills. They were three, a $10 bill, a $5 bill and a $1 bill. I kind of folded them up and then put them in my pocket. That day, I was doing different things, but for sure, I was also spending some time working outside for some time. But later on in the day, I think it was late in the afternoon, I remembered and I said, you know what, I got to make sure that I set that donation aside and put it in a safe place, marked down that this donation was made. So I reached into my pocket and there was no money. So, you know, I reach again and I check all my pockets and I start looking all around and I couldn't find the money. So I was a bit worried. Again, not so much because of the amount, but just thinking, boy, you know, here, you know, my niece is making this sacrifice, and now here I'm, you know, losing the money. So, the next day, I went outside and I looked all over. I mean, I was going to all the different places where I was at, you know, all over the grounds and looking and looking and looking, and I couldn't find it. I looked in different places too, you know, I looked at, well, maybe I put it in my car, maybe I put it here, maybe I put it there, couldn't find the money. So, pretty much, at that point, I just was ready to give up. And then what really caused me to give up was that, The next two days were two of the windiest days of the spring. I mean, it was incredible how windy, you know, it was. So, after that, I completely lost hope. I figured, you know what, I almost certainly dropped the money somewhere on the farm, I say, out on the Isham farm. I dropped the money somewhere and with this wind, I mean, it's going to be impossible to ever find it again. Well, I consider it a minor miracle because a couple of days after that, we're talking about, let's say, maybe about five days after she had originally given me the donation and a couple of days after horrendous wind. I was outside and right here by the dumpster, I found lying right there, neatly folded, the same bills, the $10 bill, the $5 bill and the $1 bill. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I could not believe it. I picked them up and said, um, I said, well, and I thought, I thought, well, maybe my niece's garden angel is working overtime. I said, maybe it's my garden angel, but I think I would tend to attribute it more to her garden angel, making sure that her sacrifice and her donation is able to do the good that it was intended to do. The angels are mentioned about 275 times in sacred scripture. I mean, it's incredible the number of times that the angels are mentioned in sacred scripture. Approximately 100 times in the Old Testament and about 175 times in the New Testament. Obviously, this is an article of faith in which it's so important that we put our faith in. The fact that God in His infinite goodness and power has created the angels, invisible, but nonetheless very real and active. Our guardian angels, and again today is also the feast of our guardian angels, our guardian angels do the following. Again, listen carefully, because in all the stories that I related to you, precisely this is what the guardian angels are doing, one or another of these things. But our guardian angels do the following. One, They ward off dangers to both body and soul. Two, they fight against Satan on our behalf. They remove occasions of sin and help us to overcome temptation. The angels are also a call to us to grow in faith. They help us to overcome temptation, meaning... Many times, if we're tempted and we're able to overcome that temptation, it's also because of the help of our guardian angel. And what we want to do more and more is to thank our guardian angel and to ask for his help. To ask for his help, for example, so that we can be faithful to prayer. Say we're going to pray and we're very tired and we think that we might be tempted to fall asleep. Well, it's a good moment to ask the help of your garden angel so that you won't fall asleep and to tell your garden angel that if something has to fall on your toe so that you'll stay awake to do that. The point here, though, is to engage your garden angel in conversation to acknowledge your garden angel's presence and the very valuable work that your garden angel is doing both for your temporal good but especially for your spiritual good. Three, they foster in us holy thoughts and pious desires. They counsel us to do good and avoid evil. Four, they pray for us and offer our prayers to God. Five, they correct us when we sin. Six, they come to our aid at the hour of death. And seven, they conduct our souls to heaven or to purgatory to console us. There. Remember that the angels, they are pure spirits created by God. This means that they do not have bodies. But again, due to their great power, they can temporarily assume a bodily form, which many times they do. That's why many times our garden angels have appeared as people, you know, let's say with what appears to be a body, but it's not that they have a body. Angels are pure spirits. But again, they can assume temporarily a bodily form. God created the angels with great wisdom, power, and holiness. Of all of God's creatures, the angels are the ones that resemble him the most. They are his most perfect images. And more than anything else, what the angels do is they reflect God's divine perfections. God is infinitely perfect. And His divine perfections are reflected most clearly, most faithfully in the angels. For example, His love, His holiness, His goodness, His power. Many times that's why when we have an encounter with our garden angel, what manifests itself in the garden angel is love, holiness, goodness, power... But it's a reflection of God's love, God's holiness, God's goodness, God's power, God's wisdom, God's fidelity, God's beauty. That's why the angels are beautiful, because they are a reflection of God's infinite beauty. God's perfections are infinite. And the countless billions of angels reflect these perfections in magnificent ways. First and foremost, the angels, they give glory to God. And what this means is, it means that they, with their very being, they're witnessing to the greatness of God. They're witnessing to God's love. They're witnessing to His grandeur. They're witnessing to His holiness. They're signs of His power. And in this way, they're giving Him glory and leading souls to God. I want to point out to you two very special moments. There are many, but in particular, make a special note of these two moments at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Because basically every time we come to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, there's some exceptions to one of the prayers, because one of the prayers is the Gloria, the Gloria in Excelsis Deo. In most Masses, the Gloria in Excelsis Deo is prayed, not in every single Mass, so that's why I say most. But pretty much in all of the Masses, we have two very special prayers. And again, I'd say there are others, but in particular two, where it is the prayer of the angels. And that's the Gloria, glory to God in the highest. That's the prayer of the angels. And then also, right at the beginning of the greatest and holiest prayer of the sacrifice, of the holy sacrifice of the Mass, what's called the Canon, we have holy, holy, holy. Holy, 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 Lord God of power and might, Lord God of hosts. These two prayers so I'd say, maybe in the clearest way, what the angels are doing, their main mission, is to give glory to God. They're forever singing, glory to God in the highest. God is holy, 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 three times holy, most holy. And at the holy sacrifice of the mass, we're given the great privilege to be able to join with the prayer of the angels. That's exactly what is prayed leading up to the Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus. Always leading up to the Holy, 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 the immediately preceding prayers are expressing how this is the hymn, this is the adoration, this is the praise of the angels in heaven. And a lot of times the different choirs of angels are mentioned there by name. And then it's the invitation so that we're saying, now we join with the angels in heaven to sing and praise God, to give glory to God. Holy, holy, holy. All of this so that we will be more motivated and more inspired to do our very best to praise God to give glory to God, to turn to Him in prayer after the example of the angels. So again, the angels, they give glory to God. What the angels also do, basically they do two main things. And one is give glory to God and two, they assist God in the salvation of souls. Here's where we see the incredible love of the angels for us. That they're not so much in it for themselves They're there to give glory to God and then they assist God to save our poor and miserable souls. And that's why the angels are very much concerned about helping us in the salvation of our souls. And this especially is important to reflect on. To sometimes, you know, think about. Well, truly God is amazing and incredible. I mean, He is so good, so powerful that He's created billions of angels. We can't see them normally. But nevertheless, He's created them. And why has He created them? One of the main reasons He's created them is because the salvation of our souls is so important. That God knows that it's also a difficult path and that the world, the devil and the flesh are very powerful enemies. And so He specifically sets aside an angelic creature. And that's the thing that should really kind of like keep us always marveling that He's actually set aside an angelic creature to help me personally in the salvation of my soul, my guardian angel. If my angel, who is an angelic creature, has far more wisdom, holiness and power than I do, if he places so much value on the salvation of my soul, how can I not do the same? How can I not do my very best to cooperate with him? Remember also that the angels, the angels are divided into three hierarchies, nine choirs and three hierarchies. So each hierarchy has three choirs. And again, I remind you of this because it's good to also reflect on this because again, the angels give glory to God and they are reflecting the greatness of God. In the very fact that they are formed into three hierarchies, each hierarchy Three choirs, this is a reflection of the most blessed Trinity of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And so we have what we call the supreme hierarchy, and then the middle hierarchy, and then the lower hierarchy. And again, each hierarchy, three choirs, a total of nine choirs of angels. The supreme hierarchy consists of the seraphim, the cherubim, and the thrones. The middle hierarchy of the dominations, virtues, and powers. And the lower hierarchy, the principalities, the archangels and the angels. So again, the nine choirs of angels, the three hierarchies. But again, the very fact that there are those high, the hierarchies and the choirs is again a reflection of God. Because the supreme hierarchy of angels, they are the highest angels because they're the ones that in a sense, and I say in a sense because it's a mystery obviously, the angels are a mystery This is part of the mystery of God's creation, particularly His invisible creation. But in a way, they are the ones that are closest to the throne of God. They're the ones that we could say in a way are most dedicated to adoring God, to praising God, to thanking God, to giving God perfect glory. And that's what makes them the highest angels, the seraphim, the cherubim, and the thrones. But again, the whole point is, is that their nature as the highest hierarchy is a reflection of God and of their closeness to God. The seraphim in particular reflect God's infinite love and holiness. The cherubim, God's infinite wisdom and knowledge. And the thrones, God's infinite goodness and justice. Hopefully all of you are aware of this, but the three main archangels, Michael, Gabriel and Raphael, they're the highest of all the angels. So they, they actually belong to the choir of the seraphim. Don't confuse them and think that they're part of the choir of the archangels. Even though there's a choir of archangels, that's near kind of like the bottom of the last hierarchy. But they actually have that title of archangels, not because they belong to the choir of archangels, because they belong to the highest choir, but they have the title of archangel just kind of highlighting the fact that they are the great angels, that they're the greatest of all the angels. So, we have then, as I said, the supreme hierarchy, then the middle hierarchy of angels are the dominations, the virtues and the powers. And again, they're the middle hierarchy because in a way, again, in a way, they're kind of like in between God and men. They're the ones in particular that are communicating to us God's commands, bringing to us God's grace, helping us especially to know God's will and giving us the strength to carry out God's will. The dominations in particular, they communicate God's commands and make known to us His holy will. And then the virtues are the ones that give us strength so that we can carry out God's will. They dispense grace from God, which makes difficult things easy. They help us to execute God's commands. They help us to grow in Christian virtue. And again, these things are important to know so that we can specifically ask the help of the different angels in these things. For example, if we're trying to, let's say, grow in our knowledge and appreciation of God's commandments or of discerning even better God's will, we can specifically ask the help and intercession of the dominations. That's the fourth choir of angels. If we're trying to grow in virtue, or again, having a difficult time with a particular problem or a particular person, we can ask the help of the virtues. their specific help in intercession. And then the powers are assigned to fight evil and defeat the plans of Satan. So very important when we're trying to fight against sin, and overcome the cunning of the evil one, that we invoke the help of the powers. Again, those are the three choirs that form the middle hierarchy, the dominations, the virtues, and the powers. The last hierarchy, what we call the lower hierarchy, they're the ones that are particularly engaged in the affairs of men. And that's why kind of they're the lower hierarchy. The highest one nearest to God, then the other one kind of between God and men. And then the last hierarchy is particularly engaged in the care of men. The principalities watch over the welfare of kingdoms, states and those who govern. You could also say that in a lot of ways, again, not exclusively, but also that the lower hierarchy, we could say that there's a particular kind of care on their part for our temporal welfare, also our bodily welfare. The archangels, they guard great persons. They make known the holy will of God in great matters. They watch over provinces and towns. And the angels make known the holy will of God in ordinary matters. And there we find our guardian angels. I'll conclude this morning by just reminding you of one of the verses from today's epistle. Because the first verse from today's epistle it's very similar to the verse from last Sunday's epistle. Really kind of the way that I've summarized Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 24 for you over the last couple of Sundays. Remember, Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, quote, Let us walk in the Spirit, close quote. Again here, St. Paul summarizing for us, what it means to live as a Catholic, to walk in the Spirit, to walk according to the Spirit of God, not according to the flesh. Well, listen to today's epistle. Basically, repeating the same thing. Slightly different words, but the same thing. From Galatians, let us walk in the Spirit. From today's epistle, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation in which you are called. The great exhortation for today, the 17th Sunday after Pentecost, walk worthy, live worthy of the vocation in which you are called. And basically we're called to be like the angels. That's precisely why the angels are there helping us so that we can walk worthily in the vocation that we've been called because of our baptism to live as sons and daughters of God. To truly live as sons and daughters of God who are a true reflection of our Father who is in heaven. Really do make an effort to turn to the angels and to ask for their help in intercession in all the many different ways in which we need their help and in intercession so that we may walk worthy of the vocation in which we have been called. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen.